Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby and Keg Podcast, episode, episode 537, I think, or 538. Don't hold me to it. I didn't have time. We're on a tight time crunch. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. We're going to be talking about what the Doc, er- Doc Rivers era looks like for your Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to do a Green Bay Packer exit interview, wrap up the season, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, and the Joe Barry. And then lastly, am I an asshole for cheering against the Lions? Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, and probably talk maybe a little on the conference championship preview. Mitchie, what's up? How you doing? Doing well. Got a show in Madison tonight. So, All right. uh, and then I find oh. out that there's a home Badger, Wisconsin Badger basketball game <laughs> around the same time. So, that, um, good. yeah, so we're already going to be um, probably flying a little close to the sun with the time. And then I find that out. So, um, you know, whatever. It's just is music. It, is it, uh, is the the where's the show in Madison? Just so for the people who high no, high noon saloon right on the fucking main drag East Wash. Oh, so oh, yeah, um, I was gonna I was gonna say like oh yeah maybe like it's away from campus and you'll be you'll be okay and every everything like that and nope uh, that does not seem to be the case. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much right downtown. So, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Traffic, traffic will probably be a bitch, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah no, hopefully the fog will be gone uh, since we've been living in the mist uh, here for the last two plus days. Um, yeah. We'll see if that uh, that finally uh, lets up and maybe it clears and the sun starts shining because we're yet to a new another new era of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, no word if Doc Rivers is going to coach this week. I personally think we're going to have front dog here. Friday and Saturday. And then I think when they go out to Denver, um, I think you'll have Doc Rivers um, is my personal prediction. I don't have that source. Just putting the pieces together since he's living in LA right now. Um, but Mitch, we obviously we haven't talked since the Adrian Griffin firing. It's been a while. We yeah. were on after that pathetic Cavs game uh, last Wednesday night. Uh, just kind of sum up uh, your thoughts, like how it all went and like, what what sort of was going through your mind through really all of this as the, as the news broke uh, on Tuesday afternoon? Uh, I, I would say it was surprising, um, not shocking though, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. Um, for them to do it forty three games in was probably was more you know the most surprising part of it, where I would have thought he gets this year play out the string if you will and he probably reevaluate you know based on how they finish and um that wasn't the case i mean obviously it's clear that they have they had admitted a mistake and i think that's honestly better than the opposite right like that's right the um, you know, there were enough red flags, I think, through 43 games that it just it just wasn't working. Yep. Um between the blowout losses, um and perhaps more importantly, the 
like all the close games with with the easiest schedule in the NBA so far. And I know we 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 mock the schedule talk, but there's some merit in that that you know right. they're they're grinding out wins against the Wizards and the Pistons, and mm-hmm. um, so the record looks good. But you know, no matter who their coach is, they're probably going 500 the rest of the way. That that's my that's my feeling. Yeah, um, I I think that how tough the schedule is. Yeah, I think that was something definitely wanted to touch on is like I think people need to level set their expectations for the rest of the season because the schedule's bare and mm-hmm. it's gonna get tough and there's gonna be some dumb losses in there because they're just tired and worn down from a hard schedule. The Bucs still have, I think, one of the better net ratings against top teams in the NBA. So they've right. played and well. That's, they, that's what they, I was gonna say is they they have had a tendency to get up for the for the for the bigger quote unquote bigger games this year, mm-hmm. um, and they haven't necessarily embarrassed themselves too much um, in the in the few, you know, I mean the game in Boston they kind of were getting shellacked, but they came back and made it a game. I mean I know the national media wants to kind of sweep that under the rug, as they do with most things with with Boston, um, but uh, yeah, so I mean they so maybe I guess that's what I'm hanging my head on is. And spin zoning it as is they've they've kind of they've been better, you know. Dame gets up maybe a little more for the, yeah, for the um for the for the for better competition. So, right, um, yeah, and then of course, obviously, it, immediately it it's Doc, Doc Rivers and it is the lead candidate. I mean, moments later, and yeah, that makes you think. Okay, well then they're they're um you know this was probably in the works. And then, then we find out that he was, uh, what do they call it, informal consultant, like a silent right. consultant. Right. Um, he was. He was. A. Uh, he was like giving advice, and then he's like, you know what? Maybe I should just take over. What about that? Have we thought about this? And yeah. I, I, I do think, because from what was known from when you were listening to him with Bill Simmons, which I, if you're not a Bill Simmons fan, we mentioned Bill a lot here. Like go back to listen to those doc pods. I think they're as interesting because he he does talk about the Bucks. He talks about why you shouldn't worry about the Bucks, which is funnier now in retrospect. But I I think if he really felt like Adrian Griffin was getting it, or that he was getting through to the players, that he would have told the Bucks that. I don't think he would have been that vindictive. I know Doc Rivers can kind of be a little bit shadowy. Like he does, he definitely like has backstabbed before. He, I think he drove somebody out in the Clippers front office to take full control. Like he's not afraid to get his hands dirty, but still, I think with enjoying retirement, having a cushy ESPN job, I think if he realized that, you know, they got it and that horse is like, I don't know what to do here. And doc's like, well, I'm here and I can run this. And I want to, I want to do this for you guys. You just got to pay me, which they did. And thank God for Jimmy Haslam. And that's why the Bucks are able to, kind of pull the ripcord right away and not have to sort of suffer through at least a year of Adrian mm-hmm. Griffin, if not more. Right. I mean, that's, I, I mean, I, that's a scary thing. Yeah. And I think that's why that this, that this move was made. I think it's they're they're really in it, it. It, I know I made, we were talking actually in the car on Saturday and, and I, I made the comment that uh, it was after like the first Pistons game and yep. I was kind of, kind of bitching about how, you know, they just, they didn't play very well. And, uh, and then somebody brought up the window and I was like, well, they have a 10 year window, you know, with, 
with Giannis. I mean, and I, I still kind of believe that, but at the same time, um, you know, you can't really look at things long term at all at this point. I mean, no, yeah, yeah, Giannis is is I don't even know how. Yeah, what is Giannis? 28, 29? 29. Um, twenty nine, twenty nine, and uh, just turned twenty nine December. Yeah, uh, but <clears throat> um, so. You have him, but, you know, Dame's not getting any younger. Brooks obviously not getting any younger. Chris isn't getting any younger. I mean, the, the, the core of the team is right. aging. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think we're at the Golden State Warriors point yet. No. Where it's where it's probably over. But, you know, you got, you got probably this year and next year probably um, to, to get another one. And, yep. you don't really, you don't really have time to, to, to waste with Adrian Griffin. Right. Um, it, try, and, trying to figure it out on the fly. Totally. And yeah, a couple things off that. Number one, I think it's a lot different than like the NFL, right? Where you need 53 guys. You need a, you need a lot of talented players and it's not in, in basketball. You really can have two or three guys who are just impact players and win you the championship. And it's a star driven league. And so I think you can go for it to your point And, try to get that next championship or the, the third, even two back to back or, you know, two and three years, whatever that may be. Um, and then the, the part about Griffin figuring it out, if you read, I forget who it was. I mean, there's so many articles, but one of the things was that Griffin expected in this spin zone he had to the media was, Oh, I expected to have Drew holiday. And my, my defense would have, would have basically worked with Drew holiday was what, Adrian Griffin is saying, I think the Bucs would have been pretty bad with Drew Holiday, but there was also something in there where it was like the Bucs were expected to take a step back with Holiday back and they go in for the Dame trade. So I do wonder if the Bucs kind of thought that this was a transition year and that with, you know, having three first rounders next year with and expiring contracts with Chris and, and Brooke, whether they're like, all right, we might be a little bit like we, this might be a sag off year, but then the next year we're really going to come back and, and figure out what exactly we need to kind of rebuild the championship roster. And hopefully by that time, Adrian Griffin will have got it and every, it'll be all systems go in, in year two. But then they, then they extended everybody. I mean, they... well, well, no. And then Dame, no, but then Dame, they, they trade for Dame and that gets all thrown out the window. I mean, that yeah. was, that's what, that's what happened. I mean, and Griffin didn't know how to adjust. And I think the frustrating thing and why he was over his head was he just never figured out how to work with the guys that were on the roster. He wow. and he like this weird thing about telling Dame and Giannis not to be selfish and to pass to other guys. And all of a sudden, the Bobby Portis usage rate makes a lot more sense because Adrian Griffin probably saw a young Adrian Griffin and Bobby Portis. And was like, oh yeah, Bobby should be shooting the ball more. It's like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I kind of want our stars to be uh, initiating the offense more more times than not. I don't know about you, but like, well, but, he had the, the the Terry Stotts thing, obviously, which yeah, is yeah, well documented. And and now that everything's happened, it's you know we can probably uh, put some credence into it. I know that when it I, when it happened, we kind of blew it off, and yeah, or I did. I mean, it's just like, well. Or I, I guess my take was good. You know, Adrian Griffin, you know, here's, here's, you know, I, I blamed, I blamed the guy who left and was like, well, good. I, I appreciate 
the new rookie head coach standing up to mm-hmm. to um to the veteran guy who probably wants to bully his ass around and who knows what actually happened but i mean turns out that you know maybe he's not maybe he's not the, you know the greatest um relationship builder or culture builder um and it's tough with being not being a first time head coach in this situation this high high pressure situation it's right. it's really hard to 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 do your or build i guess your own culture when yep. you have when there's really no no need for it there's no there's no sense in that you're not you know it's it's the complete opposite of um somebody taking over the Orlando Magic or like the Charlotte Hornets right now yeah. would be like Whoever the hell, Steve Clifford's still probably their coach. Yeah, he is. Um, and he'll probably get fired at the end of the year, or if not sooner. And that person, will, Adrian Griffin, could be great for that, right? Like that'd be a spot where it's like, give him a chance, and and you know they'll go into a little bit of a rebuild, and who knows what what could happen, you know? But the, to come into this spot where it's a championship roster, and yes, the Dame trade happened late in the off season. And that's, that's not nothing. I mean, to have a huge roster, you know, bomb like that is, is not nothing, but to run a scheme defensively that everybody knows should be ran with the Toronto Raptors roster with a bunch of right. six, eight guys, right. uh, four, six, eight, four, six, eight guys in your starting lineup. Bucks don't have like any of those guys in their roster. So it's, it's just, it's just never really made sense. And, you know, it, it took it took the 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 um uh the leaders of the team to go to him after a, cu- a couple games and tell yeah. him we 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 need Brook and Drop, and he obliged, um, but which it was good. You know, it it helped things, but um, you know, it, it probably shouldn't have gotten that that way in the first place. You know, oh, it it, yeah. it it didn't need it didn't need to be a massive change, and and he I think he tried to tried to do a little too much. Absolutely. And yeah, establishing his own culture. And there also must be just something weird about these Raptor guys, you know, um, Derek or Nate Borgen. I called him Derek on my other podcast. Uh, Borgen was the one year for the Indiana Pacers. And there were so many bad stories that came out about that. And maybe it's kind of like a Patriots Belichick thing where they get out of the the Nick Nurse hive and they realize that it's kind of a unique thing that really only was going on in Toronto, now Philadelphia, and it just doesn't exist anywhere else. And also, I I wonder what the Bucks knew about Giannis's displeasure in Nick Nurse um, and not wanting Nick Nurse. I I do wonder if Horse plan all along was Nick Nurse. And then all of a sudden he hears this, that Giannis doesn't like Nick Nurse, that doesn't want, and this is all, you know, this has not been confirmed by Giannis is Mark Stein, but if that like sort of just changed Horse's idea and Horse's like, well, we got to hire somebody and they were kind of running out of options and they landed on Adrian Griffin instead of like, you know, thinking with that view of Nick Nurse is not coming here because Giannis doesn't want him here. Yeah. Well then, why not go with Kenny Atkinson in, in that situation? Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, that's that there they there must be a hang up, some hang up about Kenny Atkinson because they could add Kenny Atkinson, you know, last summer. They could have tried to pry him away from the Warriors, and you know, this season, um, and they had, they had no interest in that. Now the Warriors just suffered a tragedy. 
So maybe they felt like they, they couldn't even approach that, um, yeah, that subject, but now it's or, Doc Rivers. Or, or he's, uh, he's the coach in waiting. I mean, yeah, that, that and was that's, my thought over the right. summer. And, yep. And that was your theory. And I, I still think that's a good one. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year, Steve Kerr is a free agent and that might drive Bucks fans crazy. If Steve Kerr is free agent next year, and I don't know if Steve Kerr is a great coach. Steve Kerr is a great talent manager. I don't know if he is a great coach. Um, and Sounds like Doc he, Rivers. Right. And then now, now here's Doc Rivers. And the, the Doc and Rivers you can, era. You can poke holes in, in any team, any coach, any championship. I mean, it's. Ha, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, and that is, I think, the spin zone that a lot of Bucks fans I think I even saw it from somebody nationally was like, look, the guys that Doc Rivers has coached, it, it's Joel Embiid, it's Chris Paul, it's Blake Griffin, it's James Harden. Those guys are all losers in the in the NBA world. Not like a derogative term, but they, they just have been losers. They have not won after Doc Rivers. Had Chris Paul rattled off three championships after Doc Rivers, I think we could be like, oh, it's Doc Rivers' fault. But it, it he didn't do that. He got to a finals, but he didn't win it. The, the Bucs did that. And James Harden still looking. Maybe he has best chance this year. Uh, Embiid still hasn't even got into the conference finals. And you would say, well, that's somewhat on Doc. But it's also kind of on the players. And he had Ben Simmons, who melted the fuck down in that, in that Atlanta series. And probably, you know, one of the bigger athlete meltdowns we've had in a, in a really long time that I don't think he's still recovered from. So there's yeah, my spin zone, that. Mitch. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a positive spin zone guy. I always will. I, that will, that will ne- if I stop doing that, you know, that I'm either done with the game or that something's seriously wrong with me. Or, yeah. Call the, call the ambulance. <laughs> right. Exactly. But that's uh, my positive spin zone on it. And so yeah, I, it's, the only thing there is to do at this point, um, he's he's pro- he's the best option of of the available, and this is this is relatively extraordinary circumstances. I mean, yep. you know, everybody's the the comparison is the David Blatt stuff, and I believe it was Chris Mannix who said on Rosillo's pod that he's a, he's exhausted from the David Blatt comparisons, right. but it is different in that Tyron Lue was was the assistant coach there, right? With David Blatt, and it's it it you know he went from being the good cop the good cop as the uh, assistant coach to the bad cop as the head coach but at the same time i think most of the stuff was was still the same and kind of the kind of the, the tactics were still the same and you know this is i mean you know but again like i said it's a championship level team they know what to do this isn't minnesota or something that yeah you know that Minnesota has the same record as the Bucks, and it's this the first time they've been, you know, this good in in quite some time. It's you know, it's not. Yeah. You know, the the Bucks have have been here before. They've done it, and they know what it takes. And I would think Doc Doc would be able to slide right in, um, and and be able to to motivate and um get some buy in on the defensive end of the of the floor, maybe play a more conservative scheme like Bud did and, you know, get Damon Giannis on the same page a little more. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all, that's all true. And I, I think 
that, you know, Doc's tutelage with the guys is is going to be helpful and they're going to learn from each other. I think he immediately commands respect. I think Doc being a former point guard, I think helps Damian Lillard and they, you know, can work together and, and see things that that might be missing. Um, I, I also expect, you know, there to be maybe a little more like, I wouldn't say bud-like load manage, but I can see Doc, you know, trying to make sure that these guys don't put a ton of wear and tear. Like Giannis has played 36 minutes, and I'm not bitching about that, but he's played a lot. And it's been a pretty heavy month for the big guy. And I, I imagine that Doc will will manage that. And I think those guys will feel comfortable to be like, Doc, it's not a night for me. Like, I, I can't go. Can you tell me, tell them I have an ankle injury? Yeah, sure. Got it. Like, I think that there is going to be little things like that. I think there's going to be an accountability. I don't think Bobby Portis, if, we'll see if he's on the team, but I don't think Bobby Portis will be able to do the same shit that he was doing. Um, I think that I, I guess one of the things I do worry about with doc is he's not been, he's, he's played some rookies, but he, he doesn't necessarily have a penchant for it. So I, yeah. I do wonder what does that mean for Andre Jackson jr? What does that mean for Marjan Bochamp? Andre Jackson jr. Did not play a lick in the Cavs game. I uh, was really the only negative in that Cavs game, but I mean, that could have been Joe Pronti saying like, look, you were in the starting lineup and we got our asses kicked by this team. So they were, they, they might not have liked the matchups and said, this is not a matchup for you, but we'll, we'll sort of monitor that tonight. And then against new Orleans on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point about, about, about Jackson. Um, that crossed my mind that I, obviously I noticed he didn't play on Wednesday and um, yeah, I don't know. Doc and Tyrese Maxey kind of, did well under him. So, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's know, that's th- a recent Thibel. example of, of of a young guy that's kind of taken a step. So yeah, and, and Thibel and him had kind of a complicated relationship. I guess a lot. Of, some people think that Thibel won't come to the Bucks if there's a trade involving him because he does have because he's a restricted free agent. He can dictate where he goes. A little sneaky rule that's now there. Um. So yeah, I I think that. Doc might not be for everybody, but I think after Adrian Griffin, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air. And I don't think that there will be any sort of souring on Doc at this point, because I think if you sour on Doc now, like you're the asshole, like we, we got rid of the guy. We changed the vibes. You this, this is championship or bust. We're all on the same page. If you still have like a sourpuss look on your face and I'm talking about anybody Royal, you, here in like middle of March, then it's you that has a problem, not, not the team, not the coach. It's you. And you got to figure that out next year might be a different story, but like, at least for the end of this year, I think it's going to be just, yeah. And I I also wonder, will doc just let the players kind of coach themselves a little bit because he just doesn't have time to get, you know, exactly what he wants on offense or defense set up for the first, you know, because of, the lack of practice in the, in the first few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fair to, to wonder it kind of, when you think about it, it's like, man, this, this season could be lost already. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. That's a negative spin where it's just like, you know, now what, you know, right. Right. I guess, I guess at the very least, again, he, he is a, 
he should stabilize things. I would think Doc Rivers having having pretty much seen it all and and been around the uh, the circles and around the world as a as a basketball player and coach and and everything. So that's like if anybody could probably handle something like this, it's probably him. Um, he's dealt with a lot of a lot of personalities and stuff, but it just he's not going to be able to, to do it. You know, everything's going to be on the fly now. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And, and like, I also want to say, I I think with the way the East is set up, I don't consider it a lost season just because I do think the Bucks on the court have advantages against all the teams they play. I, you know, Boston, it, it's a it's going to be a dogfight. It'll be down to the wire. But Joe Maz versus Doc Rivers is not exactly, you know, they don't have a significant advantage. Nick Nurse over Doc Rivers. Yeah. I'd say that is an advantage to the Sixers, but Giannis at Giannis versus Embiid, we know what Giannis can do to Embiid, and we've all been patiently awaiting the Giannis Embiid playoff series because I think we know what's going to happen, and we know the narratives that will shift when those two two guys play each other. Um, and yeah, I I think that they are still set up here to try to make a run. It's just a matter of. How much, to your point, can can it be on the fly versus like Doc implementing little things? And it, it's a it's a great challenge. And and Doc, you know, wants to wants to take it head on. And I I think that he is sort of has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And maybe the other guys do too. And and I think Doc's a great motivator. And I think Doc can you know definitely will have some commentary around like look. People are treating you guys. I think Kenny Smith said this. I'm taking it a little bit from him, but it's like people are treating you guys like you're the fucking Pistons and Wizards. Like you guys are one of the best teams in the NBA. Like show them what you mean and show them what you're all about and kind of change this narrative about yourself. And I, it, I might not go to to leading to a championship or finals, but I, I think it's definitely something that the Bucks can use as a, as a great motivator. Yeah, they they didn't really lose a step on Wednesday. So no, they. I mean, and I I think yeah, everyone's trying to show out. So, do you think now we have Doc for three years unless he retires, um, or three plus? Do they have? Is it? Do they have to win a championship? Like, is it just if they don't get one here in the next three years? Is is this a disappointment? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I think that's, that's where we're at, you know, with, they, they have no other move really. Um, yep. because, you know, you know, unless, unless they trade Dame in the off season or something and, and pull the plug on that too. But then like, you know, how are you, you know, I, then you're I, don't, I, don't then know you're... I don't know how you're, I don't know how you're getting fair, fair value for that or, or right. like what, what that would look like. Then you're directionless. Yeah. Then yeah. you're direction. Then you just don't have direction. I, I, I am a very big beat the drum. Like it's hard to win championships. It's hard to win championships, but I agree. I don't, I don't think you can, you can go and not win a championship here in the next three, three plus years. I understand it's hard. I will give some grace to this season, but it it it's kind of like now or never. And I, I also don't want excuses to get in the way. You know, Giannis was hurt last year. Chris was hurt the year before. Like I, and look, injuries happen. And if that's what's 
the death sentence of the Bucks and that's the curse of the Bucks, then so be it. And the depth just isn't there. But I would like to see this team stay fully healthy and try to bring home another title. And I think they can do it. Um, I think that, you know, the NBA is a, is a league that is less about the regular season and more about the playoffs. I still think the regular season matters. I do think this team is really set up nicely for the playoffs and very, very excited to see how they do against, you know, the league's best here in the, in the, in the weeks to come. Yep. It'll be a, should be an exciting uh, last 30 games here for sure. Yeah. Well, and then the real question is, is do you think my wife will let us watch Buck Sixers in Portugal on Sunday? It'll be evening for us. It'll be six o'clock. Um, I don't know. Probably not. No, no, probably I know that's yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I'm but, gonna be honest. But yeah, no, I mean I appreciate it. I mean the I mean that that Buck Sixers game just has a a new level of uh of juice. Um they haven't played since the start of the year. Pat Bev made some comments about the game ball. You have Doc's return to Philly. Like that's I mean, to me, I, I wonder if ABC does move that out of the noon the noon slot on Sunday. Like that's a that's a big deal game. Yeah, but I think that's well. I mean, that's one of their primetime slots. I mean, no, yeah, and yeah, usually that two thirty slot is for for the West Coast for the Lakers and things like that. So yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. No, it'll be fine. That's actually a day we're going to be watching FC Porto in a soccer bar. So it should be a fun day regardless. So maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe FC Porto will be playing, and lo and behold, the Bucks are are also on the television. That would be. Uh, That'd be amazing. Porto. Porto. That's good. That's their, that's their little that's their little chant. Yeah. Uh, I gotta learn it. Uh that's easy for me. Um that's better yeah. than like clapping or go pack go or or anything else. Um do you think uh before we go to the box or the Packers, excuse me, do you think the Bucks are able to win one or two this week this weekend against the Cavs and the Pallies? Uh Ah man, such a tough time right now. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, they'll they'll win at least one for sure. I, yeah, I the Pellies, by the way, play the Thunder tonight in in okay in uh, New Orleans, so they also have a back to back. They have to travel. Um, I don't know if we'll see Zion on Saturday night. Sorry to disappoint for those who are are going to the going to the game. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think that Saturday, very possible. I would love them to win tonight just to get that series or the season series win against the Cavs. And if that gets close at the end, you have that under your belt since you won't have it with the Pacers. Right. Yeah. That's and Cleveland's smoking hot. So they're right. They're going to be there in the end. So. Yeah, and they're gonna and you know those second games. I think they all you always they they're a little more intense, a little more physical. Cleveland will try to have something for Milwaukee, and you know they have to kind of pick up. They can't basically play like they did last week because they'll get their asses kicked again. Right, but should be a good crowd. I I love the Joe Prunty memes. Um, the just Joe Prunty after the game. Did you see any of his post game yesterday? I didn't really watch the. Well, I saw that one little clip. I can't remember what was oh, so great about where it. He, but... Well, now what's great, he's just like freaking out. He's like, oh, and like this and that. And like, 
It's like, dude, just chill. And uh, but there's no. no chance that he had any type of game plan prepared. No, <laughs> there was some stuff they were doing some high pick and roll stuff that they hadn't done with Griffin the entire year. Yeah. So that's well, uh, and again, that could just be the players being like, schoolyard bullshit. We're gonna do what right, you know, what works. Yeah, that's very that's very true. So we'll see. All right, moving on to the Green Bay Packers. Packers are not in the in the championship game. They lose to the 49ers. It was a very close game. Very spirited effort. We had a lot of fun out at uh Worst Bar. It was a good go, little go, environment. Go pack, go home. Yeah, yes so. <laughs> uh and you're here for the exit interview. The the last of it, putting a bow on it. Joe Barry also fired this week. Uh, really hit bingo um, in Wisconsin sports. And with... we did. I mean, the the Bucks dropped the the big massive earthquake, and then there was a couple of a uh, couple of decent sized aftershocks. Right. Exactly. Twenty four hour span there. Exactly. Everybody was getting it. Brewers. Uh, Brewers. We had. We also had the the Packers with Barry. And yeah, it was a great season though. I mean, it was an unexpected season. It was, you know, one of the more fun seasons, I think, in recent memory. I mean, 2020 was a lot of fun because, you know, that's the Rogers revival. It was COVID. So we were all just at home. Um, so the, the atmospheres might not have been as fun in the NFL stadiums, but Rogers was on such a war path that year that that was probably the last fun season that the Packers had. And this is, you know, this is definitely, definitely right there with it. And I think, you know, the obvious MVP is Jordan Love. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard not to, to say that uh, Jordan Love, just the way he's, he played down the stretch and just the development has been truly special. And it's also, I think the cool thing, Mitch, and I'll let you in here is it's not just Packer fans that are saying it. It's Steve Young say oh yeah he's right there with him he's right there with those other guys and and when other guys i mean like mahomes lamar josh allen and that's just incredible um that we got to this point when it it didn't necessarily look that way in in early october yeah i mean there were there were ups and downs i suppose um but you, you really can't um i don't think it take ultimately the way he finished i think was kind of cemented himself as um, a top 10 quarterback going into next season. And um, even with some of the injured guys coming back, I mean, I think, you know, he, um, you know, won some big games down the stretch and, you know, cause it was really, I mean, it was playoff games, the last two games of the season. Yep. And then, um, you know, obviously the, to go into Dallas and, and kind of, kick their ass um, was, was very impressive. And, you know, they, he, he performed very well in San Francisco. Uh, fourth quarter was, was not ideal, but I mean, that was, you know, with the weather and all, and all that stuff. I mean, I don't want to make excuses, but at the same time, you know, to be there and you gave yourself a chance to win ultimately didn't, didn't get it done, but, kind of cemented yourself as the guy going forward. And I think that was the main, I guess, focus for this season was to see who, who, or not who, but was to see what you had in Jordan Love, 
you know, yeah. once and for all. And um, there, I mean, there could have been a lot of excuses, right? Like, yep. Oh yeah. You're, you're missing Bakhtiari, you know, yep. um, you have no <laughs> true number one wide receiver, very young receiving core. Yep. Now I think ultimately that helped in the end, at the end or, or, or maybe just maybe Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers and wants to force feed Devontae Adams all the time. And and it was refreshing to see um just him spread the ball around and and, and get everybody, you know, one game it was it was one guy, one next game it was Jaden Reed. Right. Next game it was Romeo Dobbs with two touchdowns. I mean, it just was just was um a breath of fresh air after all the years of especially the last the first couple of years of Lafleur with Rodgers, where it just it just seemed like Rodgers was not running. He was doing a lot of his own stuff. Let's just say. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And and just to cut in on the Devontae part, like you, you almost wonder to your point about helping. Like there was never in his head like I have to feed this guy. I have to get so and so the ball. I just can't. He just can ball, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I think there was that sort of it helped him. And it made everybody yeah. else better and stuff and stuff like that. There was clearly like, certainly I felt like at the end, towards the end of the season, there was much more, he just felt, he just seemed way more comfortable. Like all of a sudden it clicked. He was getting, now granted, give the offensive line credit. There was a lot more, a lot better pass protection um, the second half of the season. And, and something clicked where he was running the offense I think the way it's supposed to be run, but also like making plays with his legs and improvising and, and, and doing stuff like that, which is obviously, you know, at least half the battle in the NFL. Like everybody, yeah. can, everybody can throw the ball 60 yards and, 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 and dot it. But to be able to like, what does make, what does Patrick, what makes Patrick Mahomes so, so good. He's, he's never, he's never out of a play, right? Like it's always, no. it's always, um, it's always something. And, you know, you, you saw some of that with love down the stretch and it's only going to get better. So he, I mean, he's going to, he's going to get paid and, um, oh yeah, expectations are going to, going to crank up a little bit more and expectations are probably going to be totally out of control next year. Oh yeah. Um, we're going to, so, we're going to have to do a lot of, a lot of work to kind of keep everybody, everybody level headed, um, including myself. Yeah. Um, but I, it's, it, it's fair to expect, I would say, you know, Oh yeah, ten, no. 10 wins, 10, oh, 11 wins. Oh no, yeah, I, absolutely. But that's but that's every year for the Packers. I mean, that's, right? That's just what we expect. It'll be really interesting to see. Not that like betting markets are everything, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see who is the favorite in the NFC North next, like June. Is it going to be the Packers or is it going to be the Lions or will it be like the Lions and Packers are both like plus one eighty. And it's like basically two to one odds for either of those those teams, and there's no clear cut favorite. I kind of lean that way, but it'll be it'll be fascinating yeah. to see like how how the betting markets open, and then how the betters react to both the Packers and Lions. I I would I would tend to agree with you that it'll it'll be very very close uh, between those two teams, but the Lions go in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, that's true. That would yeah, be, no, yeah, that would probably long. not be the case. Even if they get there, I think that they then they are the the, the favorite. Um, and I I think for I I don't know if I have like a real defensive MVP. I mean, I think Kenny Clark would be the guy that I if you had gone to my head would I would say just because I feel like he showed up almost every game 
it didn't really feel like there were a lot of bad Kenny Clark games. I I think that he was just one of the most consistent guys on that defense. Um, I, the other guy, which is kind of like out of left field, would be Carrington Valentine, just because seventh round pick started a bunch, pretty much established himself as a starter. You know, yeah. you lose, you get Rasul Douglas, who gets traded, and you could argue he was the MVP early on in this season. Like. I I think Karen Valentine deserves like a ton of credit for the season he had, and I I don't I hope that doesn't get lost on people. Just kind of the role that he was he was thrusted into. Yeah, and he's kind of stabilized the the um, the secondary, considering Jair missed a ton of games. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that, that crossed my mind. Kenny Clark's not a bad one. I probably would have said Rashawn Gary, but I feel like he. Kind of faded, you know, yeah. a, a little bit, or, or like the numbers just weren't there. Yeah, which... he, I think I think he was just a pressure guy, and that's fine. I think he was getting double teamed a lot, and I think there's going to be some adjustments. And I also yeah. think he he has an ACL tear, and those, you know, he didn't play a full season last year. So I think, you know, the conditioning and everything else will will have to get there, you know, next year for him to kind of have that finish that I think we all we all hope he will. Yeah. I mean, just the defense overall, I feel like was was um, underwhelming again. And mm-hmm. I know that they kind of – they were able to – I feel like once Joe Barry finally finally felt the felt the, the hot seat the last month of oh, the right. season, it, it, it got a little different. And right. Boot holes are good. Yeah. I mean, there was – they were able to get a little more natural pass rush and – and and not just sit back in zone all the time, um, you know. Yeah. I mean, guys made guys guys made plays too. I mean, Darnell Savage came out of nowhere and had a had an interception or two. Yeah, um, and then had it. Then had an awful game against the 49ers, and you're like, oh, this is why we need to move on, Darnell Savage. Like there was a good momentum. I think I even talked about. It. I was like, well, yeah, maybe keep Darnell Savage. Like, why not? And then you're like, yeah, I don't know. No, probably not. Um, so, I. Uh, do you, well, do you get, very, very similar to Joe Barry? I mean, it just was yeah. like, yeah, this guy's gone. Fuck him. You know, yeah. hope he yeah. dies. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, they have a couple good performances and went in Dallas. And it's like, eh, this guy might be back. And then, R- no. Right. I, I think, yeah. And it's like, Joe probably has to be the LVP. He's not a player, but just the having to go through the Joe Barry experience. Yet again, was tough. I think if I had to say a player, I'd put Devondre Campbell. It was a rough year for him. Uh, was fighting with yeah. fans on social media. Really looked kind of washed out there. Now, there's some advanced metrics that say when him and Jair were on the floor on the the field together, it was actually a they were a pretty solid defensive unit. But I'm not buying it. Campbell's gonna have to figure out how to adjust sort of how he plays and the Packers are kind of stuck with him next year. Uh, they, they can't really move him until the following year, which is not exactly a great thing for them. Yeah. He, he struggled quite a bit. Um, not really a cover guy. And I don't know, like, I feel like in the NFL in 2024, you probably have to be, you probably have to get some, I, I don't know, like a quicker linebacker or a, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate to say smaller, but like that's just like the way. Yeah, you need the, way the front it is. Like especially in a three-four. Right. 
where I, I feel like ideally in a three, four, you'd probably want like a bigger linebacker and a smaller linebacker uh-huh. uh, in, in the middle. But um, I don't know. I mean, or maybe, I mean, just you can never have enough speed on the field either. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't, I mean, you don't want to Cowboys it where you're just so small that you, you get bot, big bodied, but you do want to have like, you do want to have, you know, some beef. And I think Isaiah McDuffie was okay. I think he was a little oversold to us by the media and the, the blog boys, but like, I, I think he's all right. That like helped mitigate some of the Campbell failures. But yeah, it was not a good year for Campbell. Do you have anyone else that you would put in that LVP category? Uh, be either side. Christian Watson, Christian Watson, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, um, it's fair. You talking, talking about fight, fighting with people on social media? Oh God, not, not him, but his no. dad, Hazib. Hazib is uh, her, he, he'll his get, mom and dad, right? Yeah, his mom, his dad, his sister. Um, you know, his girlfriend. Although uh, his sister was uh, dropping thirst traps on on the old bird app, and I don't I don't know how Christian would feel about that. I I, I it's like you know I, after that video about where they asked if you date if you'd have players date your sister, and, and multiple people called backer players dirtbags. So I don't know what that says about those dudes. So you got that, and and also, you know, just the injuries, and yeah. you know, just I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh, but. Guys oh. got potential, and I, um, I don't think you, know, you are. It's I, it's getting it's getting close to to time. Oh yeah, should get off the pot time. And I think what's it's interesting, and you you have no way to predict this, but it, it it's and I'm not accusing Christian Watson. I think this is natural, so I don't want this to come off like me sounding like an asshole because it, it kind of will. I promise. Uh, is I think that it's convenient. And that he's like, I'm taking care of my hamstrings. I'm trying to look at do different things. All the while, all these other receivers are blowing up. And he knows, like, he doesn't really want to get traded. He wants to do everything that he can. So, yeah, he'll go to Madison because he knows that, that like, I I want to be back there. I want to be on this team. And I'm going to take care of myself. The Packers were, like, 6-11 and 11 this year, and he still – had a role, maybe a couple of blow up games here and there. Would he care this much? I I don't know. And like, I just think that that's human nature. When you see your spot, you just do what you can to kind of figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. It's, you know, when, when the whole, the whole group was so good this year, I feel feel like as a whole. Oh yeah. um, It's, you know, I you know he he wants to be a part of it, I'm sure, and wants to. I would love to separate himself as number one, but we'll see who actually does. Yeah, I I completely agree. The only other LVP I had little little off the radar was Josh Diamond. Uh, I just what a fall from grace. Like that's more like that. That's just the commentary on it. It's like where like this guy had a second round tender, you know, which means the Packers would it. You'd have to give the Packers a second round pick. And for those who don't know the tender rules and like now he's, he's just going to be gone and there's, you know, it's fine. It's like, fine, fuck him. And he struggled again on against when Zach Tom went out with a concussion, which was low key, a big part of uh, Saturday's game that I feel like Olsen and Burkhart did not, did not touch on enough in that Fox broadcast. Yeah. I mean, Zach Tom, Zach Tom could be an MVP, honestly. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. 
And I, I think, you know, kind of wrap it up here with best moments, worst moments. One of my best moments actually is the end of the year. And just this idea that I don't think any of these guys want to fucking leave. Like, I don't think any of these guys want to not be on this roster next year. Aaron Jones, like, we're going to be a powerhouse. I, Tucker Craft, we have something special brewing. Uh, John Runyon, basically in tears, not knowing what sort of the next thing will be, if he'll be on this team or not on this team, probably more the latter. Like, that tells you just how connected these dudes are mm. and how, like, Basically, I think what Ryan Gunacus is sort of masterpiece, another guy who you could put as an MVP, basically said, if I bring all these young guys together, they're going to bond in a way that's just natural. That just is what you do. And if they're all, what's that? The mastermind. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And there's no disease of me. There's no guy who thinks he's better than everybody else. There's no click. And... Now all these guys love right. each other, and it's like now it's takeoff time. Yeah, I mean it's like you say. I really, I for some reason your your uh, you're there a college team take kind of annoys me, but it's 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 true. I mean it just. Uh, Do I say it too all, much? Is that why? Yeah, I mean that's that's part of it. Yeah, um, okay, I'll, I'll I'll tone it on that. It's good good feedback. It's, it's a it's a college team in a college sized town. Um, it's it's true um but yeah i mean you take aaron Rodgers out of it i think that that helps right. um personally i i just my opinion i think it i think that helps with with the vibes and as much as i do think aaron Rodgers is a little bit misportrayed in the media he brings it all on himself but i think he knows what he's doing but that's yep. not for this podcast but nope. um I'm sure it does make it some divisive in the locker room, the stupid bullshit he says. And, um, you know, that's gone and, you know, they're all, they're all pretty young and, you know, but unfortunately it's a business and you, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much impossible to keep everybody. Um, so inevitably somebody will, will have to move on and, and, and go get paid or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, it, 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 the vibes were were great for sure. Um, it's certainly the way. Again, the season ended. It was, you know, a tough a tough loss, and everybody was upset. But I, I do think that overall, it was you know, and an overachieving season. I mean, for the yep. most part. I mean, I don't. I don't oh, know absolutely. Who, I don't know if anyone expected them to win nine games. I didn't, and uh, you know. Yeah, you, you, um, sure, you sure did it. Uh, shame on me yeah no i thought it i thought it could be oh shit i thought it could be a a good year i didn't think it would be this i i didn't think that it would be you know at this level um and it it's just yeah it was i mean that part of the best moment was there i mean the chiefs game i i don't know i I almost think the Lions game was better than the Chiefs game. I was going to say Lions Lions on Thanksgiving. Yeah, because it was like the Lions had pushed you around. The Lions had bullied you. And now you're – and then you're like, no, fuck you guys. Like, this is your game. We're going to now come out and just give you the business. And they did. And it's setting up for a great rivalry that I think 
will probably be on primetime both times next year. Yeah, possibly. I mean, again, depending on well, – I mean, I think Detroit – yeah, is, I think regardless, I think Detroit will get a bunch of prime time next year. I think they're they're, fans, they're, Amer- they're America's team now, right? So. Absolutely, absolutely. And I the worst moments just with the Tommy DeVito stuff and the Baker Mayfield stretch, Bryce Young, like that whole oh, yeah. that, that was that was three terrible. week stretch was rough. Oh my god! I mean, it that I thought about that Carolina game, uh, honest on a walk with my dog this week. I don't know why, and I was just like, God, that was so bad. Like that was like. That was that was probably the worst I felt about a win. And really, I mean, there there have been some bad box wins. That was a, that was I was gonna say that, that was a, that was a box win for sure. Oh, there was a Brewer game. It's very obscure. It, that they won on on like it was an afternoon game where they had like five errors or something against the Rockies, and they won on like a walk off error. And it was such a pathetic baseball game, and they still won the game. And it's just like, well, I don't I don't know. I'm out. Like I don't have anything for you that why they won this game. Um, yeah. so anyways. All right. Anything else, Packers wise, before we can have we can have the the lifelong debate on on the Detroit Lions. Let's let's get into it. Detroit Lions in the championship game playing the 49ers. They're a seven point underdog. And I I we talked about the Lions. I forget it was it might have been wild card week. And I said I wasn't going to cheer for the Lions. Or I, I just was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. And you kind of gave me a hard time about it. And and look, I'm still not going to cheer for the Lions. Um, yeah, I I won't really cheer for the 49ers. I'll, I can't hope for a tie. Um, but I don't need two weeks of Dan Campbell. And I don't need two weeks of people sucking Brad Holmes' dick. And yeah, I'm I'm fine if the Lions run ends ends on Sunday. I will I will not be disheartened if uh i do not see detroit in the super bowl i just i mean i i get i get all that i hear all that um and yeah you bring up two weeks of dan campbell it's it's already kind of bad oh Um, god it's terrible (laughs) it's just i don't know with dan campbell wait till he wait till he goes to a trump rally this summer it'll all change yeah yeah, I mean that's that's I'll always a possibility. He, he 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 does seem like that type of guy, um, but yeah, like all of a sudden, Dan Dan Campbell's going to lead the re, the resurgence of you know the old school uh, leader the CEO of men. coach. This yeah, the leader of men. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to the Mike McDaniel's who are who are uh, you know the hot shot, you know, young play caller type, and you know. Dan Campbell is, um, you know, the, the scratch and claw and, and, you know, he's, he's going to, he's, he's supposed to, we'll see what happens when Ben Johnson's gone. Yeah, um, exactly. Sirianni we'll say that. Right. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's exactly it, but yeah, continue on You're So you're well, saying, so anyway, I hear all that, but at the same time, the lions hadn't won a playoff game and basically our entire life. Yeah. Um, and I think it's okay to give Lions fans like one year to just, to just enjoy it because I, you know, you know how hard it is to get back to where they are. And I mean, they probably won't be for all we know. I mean, Jared Goff, God, I mean, I feel like you, you don't know what you're going to get. And with him, uh, game to game, let alone year to year. And 
you know, he's been solid this season, but um, he's probably not even like a top half of the quarterback, if uh, top half of the league quarterback, if, you know, everybody's healthy and all things are equal. Um, so just, I mean, just let them, let them be for, you know, if they lose, let them just be nice. You know, uh, we were, I mean, we were, we were there with the Brewers. We were there with the Bucks, where, oh. you know, a 28 year playoff drought with, with the, with the Brewers. I mean, this is, and, this is an interesting we, point. And we celebrated like, you know, Pat Bev when they won, when they yeah. punched a wild card a playoff berth. Like right. that, that's what this is. Right. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I get that there, there may be some casual bandwagon fans at these games, but you know, and, and that bothered me with the Brewers back in the day. And I mean, but look where they are now. I mean, they've, yeah, they've, you know, turned into for the most part a winning culture. And, um, you know, we, like I said, we were, you know, don't be a hypocrite. That, I, that part I did not think of. It is a good point. I think that it's, I still won't cheer for them, but I also, I, to your point, maybe not piss on their graves. Um, and yeah, there, there is a little bit of that comparison and I think it, it works. And I think it's, yeah, it's Brewers ask it's Bucks ask. I love how Vikings fans and their players couldn't let the lions be happy. They just have to be miserable. There was some fan who was like, Oh, I went to Ford field three years ago and it was not this full. Well, yeah, dude, nobody wanted to watch or he was comparing the like, the Vikings when they were three and thirteen, and the Lions when they were three and thirteen, and the difference in crowds. It's like no, dude. Like it, it doesn't have. Vikings actually have been a low key successful franchise. One bad year doesn't really define the Vikings. The Lions, right. it was every fucking year that it was bad. So shut the fuck up. And then uh, Justin Jefferson not understanding the kneecaps reference uh, by a fan. He's like, not cool. It's like, dude, this. Dan Campbell said this, like, come on, like use your brain. So like, but I, you're right. I, that would be very East Dakota of me to get on, like to do like a review after the game and piss all over the lions fans. I agree. I agree. I I won't do that. I would do it to the Vikings. I might do it to the bears, but I, I'm not going to cheer for them, but I also will let them have it. I do think they're going to get fucking smoked. I, I feel that in my bones um, that they're that I think they're going to get beat. I actually, I, it would not surprise me if this is a pretty boring Sunday. I think, I think the Ravens are also going to smoke the chiefs. Hmm. Yeah. The Ravens are really fucking good. They are, yeah, they, they are, are but... head and shoulders above everybody else. I know Mahomes. I know, but home, which quarterback do you trust? would be, Oh yeah, I mean it's Mah- it's Mahomes, but I however the, sum the of Ravens are, are a great defense and yep, you know this ain't you're not playing Miami in sub zero weather right, and you're not playing Buffalo with probably eight starters out and so. whose whose asshole is about as tight as it could possibly get right because they're just nervous and that uh, they're the kryptonite and they. And the last team they wanted to see was Kansas City, even though it was at their house. Um, yeah, I just think that both teams can run it up. I, I think if I had to choose which game would be close, I would say it'd be Ravens, um, Ravens-Chiefs. I just 
I think with the Lions, their secondary is still a real issue. Um, the weather is going to be great in California. I think it's going to be like 72 and sunny. So small hands, Brock won't have any issues. Um, yeah. I, I I think that Jared Goff makes a couple Jared Goff plays. And, you know, if he turns the ball over, it's going to be ugly. I do wonder if it's a, you know, match of, you know, confidence first getting tight. That does favor Dan Campbell over Shanahan. And where Shanahan has, has proven time and again, did it in the Packer game too, that he just gets really squirrely and does weird shit. And that's that's the part that scares me is that Kyle Shanahan might just be kind of a loser in the sense that he just gets he gets too in his head about stuff and he's just a regular season merchant and not a playoff guy. <laughs> yeah. And he's not even having been as good as you'd think in the regular season either. Right. I, I mean, he might I think he just wants he likes to keep uh below average quarterbacks around so he can never be blamed. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a fetish. I mean, it's for sure. It's like it's like this it gets him off, it gets him going because it's like I like who 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 wouldn't want to go play right with those like like why can't they get Kirk Cousins? They and and you know, I mean, they were I think they would have some trepidation because of the Achilles injury with Kirk, but you're right. Well, they right. should but do you, like even Russell Wilson, I who might be below average now, like Russell Wilson would succeed. I don't think they think the Eagles wouldn't allow it. I don't I think they'd be too big. But like I yeah, any quarterback would want to play for San Francisco right now. That's the destination for all of these quarterbacks if it's available. And they look at it and be like, We want to play there. We want to play there because the talent around them is incredible. But I think they also know it's a market inefficiency to have the quarterback on a rookie deal and everybody else isn't. And so they can right. pay everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's, that helps. And I think, I think Niners fans like love Brock Purdy. Yeah. They're super defense. They were super defensive of him after Ryan Clark, you know, went out of his way. I think, I think he, there is, you know, he's a good quarterback. It's a great story. He's not Tom Brady. Um, I think that's kind of perfect way to put it. And there have been, you know, guys who've come out, like Jake DeLome, right? I think was a seventh-rounder and was a competent starter for a few years for Carolina. Got Carolina to a Super Bowl. Like, it happens. It's But I, but that doesn't mean that every sixth or seventh-rounder is fucking Brady. It's just not how right. it works. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see where we are. Um, you know, it's we're getting into your season, Mitch, for basketball. It's just basketball. Baseball starting. Talk a little Brewers next week. Um I, they some disrespects already starting the twenty first best team in, in baseball after winning ninety five games, um. So that's that's a choice, uh. Yeah, we'll uh we'll see. Stevie Mitchell now a follower of Dabney Keg Sports on on Twitter. So I have to be nice to Stevie now. I've always been nice to Stevie, but now I got to probably amp it up. I don't I don't need his mom being mad at me. Yeah, don't want to get in the uh the bad graces of a. Uh... Of a Marquette stud, right? No, no, and he, she's really close with David Joplin's mom, and I've probably been harsher on David Joplin, so that's that's actually probably the the harder thing. But you know, the hometown God, kid. Yeah, well, he claims he's from Milwaukee these days, which kind of annoys me. Um, but look, that's fine. Um, he, he's not went to Brookfield. Like, I don't know. Uh, but you know, that's just. It is well, everybody, it is. everybody from the suburbs claims they're from Milwaukee when it comes oh, yeah. to a national national oh, yeah. stage. 
Oh yeah, you gotta have it. I'll be in the building though for uh Denver Seat Hall and we owe their asses. And uh yeah, they're not fun to play with because they're just very physical and very prickly, just like Shaheen Holloway. Right. Well yeah. I I will say this you're loud, buddy. You bet. You bet. Absolutely, man. Uh anything else for people? Uh no, I think that's it. All right. Um Go see Mitch out at High Noon Saloon uh, if you're in the Madison area on Friday or if you're going to Badger game. you still be playing after the game's over, right? 930? Uh, No, I doubt that. Oh, okay. I don't don't know, actually. I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, maybe. Maybe right around there. Potentially. Potentially, you could maybe do a double feature um, after the Badgers play Michigan State. A little Friday night matchup. We'll see see how the Badgers do. They keep, uh, keep it rolling. Michigan State's kind of in desperation mode, like they seemingly always are, and then they're a six seed and get to the final four, which is dumb. Yep. And that's college basketball in a nutshell. Uh, but anyways, uh yeah, that's all we got. We'll be back on Monday. We'll recap the weekend and anything else that comes comes about. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll uh, see you see you Monday. Peace.